This is the Final Third Podcast, a soccer podcast that talks about everything that happens off the pitch, from roster construction and transfers to soccer culture, politics, and business. On today's episode, the legacy of the 2022 World Cup. Enjoy the show. Hello, welcome back to the Final Third Podcast. It's been a while, but we're back my name is AJ Tabura, one of your co-hosts. I'm a fan of Minnesota United, West Ham United, and kind of pertinent to uh, today, uh, the U.S. national team. And I'm joined by a man who is furious that Salt Bay got to touch the World Cup trophy, is delighted that the MLS schedule has finally dropped, and is relieved that the fall semester for college is over. It's Jack. Jack, how are you doing? Uh, doing good. As always, I mean... Kind of always. It depends on how I'm feeling for the week. I'm yeah. a fan of Minnesota United, uh, Chelsea, Atalanta, and the French and U.S. national teams. Although for this World Cup, I was also kind of on the Argentina bandwagon, as, yeah, as a lot of people kind of were. Yeah, every, every, after, after the U.S. got eliminated, I was like, eh, do I really want France to win a second time? Not really. Wow. That's, why I'm representing, that's why I'm representing the Argentina okay. shirt instead. Giroud already got a World Cup, so it was time to let the other goat get a World Cup. Oh, uh, wow. So oh that, that's, that, that's, that's why. See, I mean, the order for ranking of goats, you know, obviously Messi, World Cup, Giroud, World Cup, and then further on down, Ronaldo. No World Cup, right? No World Cup. What does Cup, he have? Yeah. A Euro? Bro. Yeah. Not even close. Euro. He didn't Asian even League. he didn't even win that Euro. Yeah. He, he, he yeah. was injured in the final. Not <laughs> not even his not even his trophy. Yeah. I mean, uh, Ronaldo has a Nations League, but guess who else has a Nations League? Giroud. You know, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I, I, I think I think it's clear. I think it's clear. Yeah. The facts speak for themselves. And we'll be talking about a lot of World Cup facts because today we're talking about the legacy of the World Cup both on and off the field, the great players, the great storylines, and how it made us feel. Uh, it has been a while, uh, Jack. Oh, well, first of all, Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, Happy mm -hmm. Boxing Day, because this comes out on the 26th yep. uh, for everyone that, that celebrates holidays in the wintertime, even though I guess New Year's is kind of an everybody holiday, so yeah. you know, whatever. Uh, th the semester has been pretty crazy for the both of us, doing... Uh, research, having uh, jobs, school. I mean, I only took 13 credits, but I also uh, got elected as the president of a, a pretty prominent engineering student group. Yeah. So that's taken most of my time this semester, but it's winter break now. And I am finally, I, I, I'm literally cutting off like most of my uh, uh, things that I do extracurriculars in the spring semester. So I'm feeling good, Jack. How has the semester been? You've been watching the World Cup, yeah. I of course I was, of course I yeah. was, uh, and it was it was good. I worked three jobs yes. while writing my thesis and taking thirteen credits. So uh, um, you could say that it was busy. Uh, one of those included teaching a, uh, the undergraduate political science statistics class. Yes, um, had to teach people code and statistics and. It, that can be tough for can uh, be tough. for a lot of reasons, but I uh, got through it, finished up grading for it, uh, and now just get to relax and go on vacation. Yeah. So that's good. That's uh, that's very exciting. Uh, I'm glad that we both get some relaxation. I'm glad that we're back doing the, the final third podcast. As always, 
Twitter at Final Third Show, FinalThirdShow.com, I think is our yep, that's website. The one. That's the one. <laughs> uh, we're, we're doing a bit of a rebrand. We're kind of uh, looking looking at ways to improve the show, which includes updating our logo to be a little bit more cool. There's a, there's a soccer ball in our logo now, which yeah. I think I think is fun. I think is is pretty fun, uh, as well as kind of refocusing our show. Uh, we'll, we'll have some more news about that in the future. But today we're talking about the World Cup, Jack. We didn't have any World Cup uh, shows because let's just say <laughs> midterms and finals just so happen to coincide perfectly yeah, with, with the World Cup. That's the worst. I mean, there's a lot of reasons why this World Cup was maybe not as ideal as it could have been. We'll get to that. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, one of the worst ones for for personal reasons, for direct personal reasons, is that it came. The final came during final exams. Oh, no. Like, yeah. I, I had a 15 page paper due the day of the final. Yikes. Not not the best not the best timing. On a Sunday? Wow. Yep, on a Sunday. Nice. Yeah. I mean and I, it still I, hasn't I, been graded. Yeah. That's tough. That's tough. I mean I, I had a I had a class for the US Iran game, like during the US Iran game. And I just skipped it. I was like, I'm not <laughs> I, I'm not I'm not missing out on this. So Fair def- enough. I definitely feel that. Uh, but let's get into some of the the World Cup, Jack. We're going to be talking about the legacy of the World Cup, both on and off the field. And let's start off with what I think is the most obvious thing when you look at the World Cup, and it's how the players did. Obviously, Argentina won uh, their first win since 1986, if I have that yep, stat you correct. Got it. You got it. Huge, huge win. Uh, amazing final. Players like Messi, Mbappe, uh, everyone else that i'm forgetting <laughs> everyone else <laughs> everyone you know all the other hundreds of players that played in the world cup you know they put on an amazing performance uh throughout uh the month that the world cup was was played in and i think it's only right to kind of recognize some of the players not just not just the team that won it not just the team that was the runner-up but also the players that even if they the, the team didn't win had you know, amazing, amazing performances that we'll be talking about for years to come. So, Jack, it's team of the tournament time. Mm-hmm. Yay, yay. Every time, every time we do this, we always say, all right, best of 11. But then there's just some players that we kind of have to yeah. get honorable mentions for. Yep. So, Jack, uh, you mentioned before we started a 4-3-3 is yep. on the cards for you formation. Yeah. Not, not, we've got, we, it's, I mean, I guess you could call it like a four, two, three, one, if you really wanted to as well. It, it's, sure. so, it's somewhere in between there. It's, we'll say a four, three, three for simplicity. We'll, we'll just right, say four, that. three, three. I also have a four, three, three. Really excited to talk about this, Jack. Uh, did you end up having any players outside of the quarterfinals? Cause my team is purely quarterfinal players. I no, I, I have all quarterfinals or better. All right. All right. Well, Jack, let's get started here with the goalkeeper. We always start with the goalkeeper. It makes the most sense. Uh, context, the Golden Glove ended up going to Emiliano Martinez of Argentina. Uh, he had that amazing last minute save. Uh, did some things with the trophy that we shouldn't speak of. But, you know, he, he was who FIFA thought was the best goalkeeper of the tournament. Jack, do you agree? I did agree. Okay, And the reason why is not just because of that save that he made at the end of it, but also just he 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 is probably one of the biggest reasons why Argentina won the trophy besides Messi. 
Like mm-hmm. he he was the reason why they progressed through the penalty shootouts that they were in, right? Saving saving some penalties in the net in the Netherlands shootout, save saving one and throwing off uh, Chuamani so hard for the missed penalty in the final two. Like he he's he's got to be the best goalkeeper at penalties. I I don't think there's an argument for any other player right now. Uh. I mean, actually, there is there is one uh, that I could think of that some people might make an argument for, uh, but at 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 least right now, man, Emiliano Martinez is so good at at penalties and just at, at goalkeeping in general. You know, he he seems pretty calm under pressure and just shines when the spotlight's on him. Uh, like it, it's really incredible to see. So, yep, I I gave it to Martinez. I could see it going to quite because there were some great goalkeepers this tournament, but I gave it to Argentina's uh, like rock at the back, really. Yeah, I mean, he he was a maestro and he like it's not just how he saves penalties, but all of his antics and the way he thinks about penalties is just next level. Uh, I, I think I remember reading a story about how after Kingsley Coman missed for France, I think he went up to either Dybala or Paredes. And he told him, uh, just shoot it down the middle because uh, France just missed. And and so Loris is going to dive one way or the other because they like they need to make a save. So, you know, mind games like game theory, shoot it down the middle because he's going to make a move. And the fact that he like thinks like that, even in the moment, is just incredible. However, Jack, I didn't choose him. I, I think I know who you might have picked, but do you think I'm about to say Livakovich? Liv- yes, yes, yes. Yeah. And you'd be correct. I, I do think that he is the best goalkeeper. Uh, I, I could see I, I'm completely OK with Martinez winning the Golden Glove. But I mean, I don't think Croatia advance anywhere near where they advanced without him. That's I mean, right. He, he had 25 saves, 3.5 goals prevented which is tournament high and it's not like Croatia's defense was, you know, bad or anything, but the amount of shots that were just getting, you know, peppered towards him and him saving it like that. It, it, it is incredible, right? He had four penalty shootout saves, which is technically more than a uh, million Martinez's three, you know, 78.1 save percentage, which is more than a uh, million Martinez's 46.7. It's he, he, he was just he was just uh, amazing for, for my money. He was uh, the best goalkeeper in this tournament. Uh, Martinez, probably my second choice. Uh, Morocco's Bunu, I believe is yep. how you pronounce it. Uh, also very, very good, uh, especially in the penalty shootouts. So th- that's who I think. Jack, uh, so how, it, would, how would you order that? Did, are you saying that Martinez is your honorable mention for goalkeeper? I, I'd say so, yeah. Because Livakovic is my honorable right, mention for goalkeeper. Go. I those were the two that I was going between. I think Chesney's up there a little bit too. I'd put Chesney at like four, but Yasin Bunu definitely definitely in third. He he was amazing for Morocco and like a huge reason why why, you know, they had this amazing run. Mm-hmm. Uh but yeah, Livakovic is my second. I'd say Bono third. Uh and fourth Chesney if I had to pick a fifth 
I don't know. I, I didn't think that far. Never mind. I don't know why I brought it up. <laughs> hey, Matt Turner. I don't know. I was uh, kidding. I mean, uh, he's good. If, he you, was good. if you take away the Netherlands game, then maybe. Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> All right. Well, Jack, let, let's let's switch over to left back. Uh, who is your left back choice? N- not, not too many uh, great choices, but I, I feel yeah. like there are some that really stood out. I think the left back, we, we didn't see many left backs that really stood out this tournament, but the one that really did for me was Teo Hernandez. Mm-hmm. He had a, a, a rocky moment against England uh, with giving away that penalty, which Harry Kane sent to the moon, of course. Uh, but I, I do think that he what he came in in the first game six minutes in after his brother tore his ACL mm-hmm. like that. That is talk about pressure. <laughs> yeah. you, you you come in right after Australia scores or yeah, Australia, I, I, Australia yep. scores, right? They score right then you're 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 brought on. You have to fill the shoes of your older brother in a World Cup game and you're going to have to be the left back for the rest of the tournament. He he took that moment and he. And he was shining in that moment, I would say. Like, mm-hmm. he, he really, he, he was solid defensively. He was solid enough defensively, I should say. And he, he, took, some, he took some good opportunities where, uh, where he needed to. He scored a few goals, provided some assists. Uh, I think he, he, he scored, actually, he scored one goal, which was the opener against Morocco. Mm-hmm. Very important. And, and then got two assists, including a vital one in the game against Denmark. And in Australia, he provided an assist, too. So mm-hmm. I'd say that, you know, pretty solid performance from him all around, uh, really showing why why France brought him into this tournament, why they trust him to take over. Uh, and, you know, I, I think he was really excellent this tournament. I think so, too. And that's why I also chose him as my left back. Uh, I'll add one more thing. Uh, he created the most goal scoring chances for his teammates uh, than any right, other yeah. defender. So, and and I, I've been a big fan of him since literally forever, and I'm a big fan of his uh, uh, assisting ability, his ability to create chances out of seemingly nothing. And for that reason, I think he was the best left back in this tournament. Mm-hmm. Jack, center backs. I can start this off. Uh, my first center back, which I think you know. If people create their best Levens, I think this one gets on a good amount of people's list, and that's uh, Gavardial of Croatia. Mm-hmm. Uh, my pick uh, for the best young player, I know uh, Enzo Fernandez of Argentina got it. I think Gavardial was very, very good. I hope I'm pronouncing that well. I don't, I don't speak Croatian. I honestly, I think, I think you've got it. I, I, I pronounce it Gavardial, which yeah. I think is Gavardial. Close yeah. enough. Uh, but he had 37 clearances, which was a tournament high, which when you have to, uh, you know, protect, uh, protect your your goal, your defense, your goalkeeper from very elite offenses to be able to be to do that and still you know be incredibly young, uh, not have a lot of international experience uh, to begin with and still, you know, get those stats crazy. I mean, he won possession 48 times, which is, again, another tournament high among defenders. And of course, you can't mention him without, you know, mentioning that he scored against Morocco. He won man of the match uh, to get Croatia their third place uh, trophy. So very good performance from him. And I think that he is one of the two best center backs uh, in this tournament. Jack? Oh, name a center back. Name a center back. Uh, yeah, go ahead. 
I, I, I pick Vardial as well. Okay. I, okay. I, I did. Um, people are going are gonna to be like, oh, but Messi turned him inside out to score that goal. Bro, who doesn't get it turned yeah, inside out by Messi? Messi. Messi's what? gonna do that uh, to literally everybody. <laughs> me- you, Messi would turn a wall inside out. Yeah, like what? What do you? What kind of argument is that? Like you're yeah. telling, you're saying, oh yeah, the best player in the world, and quite possibly one of the best players to ever play the entire sport, yeah. was able to turn, a, a, like a twenty year old center back inside out. Wow, I'm so shocked. He he still was solid in every in every game. Like that game, he he was still he was still pretty decent. He had three tackles in that game, by the yeah. way. He he had a ninety four percent pass accuracy in that game. He made six uh, lawn passes, like six successful lawn passes, uh, and was just overall pretty solid. Uh, I I think like yeah, people are going to point to that, but that shouldn't sour his entire mm-hmm. performance at this tournament. Yeah, he's he is someone that I would really like to see become kind of a cornerstone for Croatia. I think I he think, will. I, I, yeah, I, I think a lot of good teams in the past kind of they don't necessarily build around like very good center backs, but having a really good elite center back in the in, you know, their defense kind of sets the tone, sets the mentality as well as the, the tactical uh familiarity of the team like you look at like you know every single italian side uh you know prior to like last four years like having really good center backs kind of sets the tone for the entire team and him only being 20 is crazy to me uh jack your second center back who is it this one this was one that i was I, i was struggling to think of exactly another center back but i i decided to go with who I think was one of Brazil's best players. And okay. I went with Thiago Silva All right. in this position. I think, you know, he, he is on the older side, obviously, but he came up big. He was probably one of their best players in the match against Croatia. Uh, I, I thought that he, he, he did it very well. He captained the team nicely, had good pass accuracy, uh, Created some chances, uh, had one one tackles where when he needed to, made important interceptions, uh, and also in the game against South Korea provided an assist from center back. Mm-hmm. Pretty solid. I I think I think that I think he his performance probably gets overshined a little bit by a lot of Brazil's attacking talent, but I think that he is a solid piece of this Brazil team regardless. And at the age of thirty eight. I can't help but applaud his performance in, in the World Cup. All right. All right. It's the fact that his club team is a team that you also like. Does that listen? Play into I, it I told all? you before we started recording that there might be some bias in right, two of these picks. Right, that might right. be one of the biased picks. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, I think, completely valid. Uh, a lot of people also point towards Marquinhos, a you know, center back partner, mm-hmm. also being a, a good pick for uh, best center back. So, you know, Either one, I think I think Brazil overall played uh, pretty well. I mean, it, it wasn't necessarily their fault that they lost uh, uh, against Croatia in the penalty shootout. So, you know, mm-hmm. you know things happen. Things happen. Uh, speaking of losing in, what was it? Brazil lost in the quarterfinal. Yeah, another mm-hmm. quarterfinal exit is who I picked as uh, my other center back. Did you do who I think you picked? Who, uh, who do you think I picked? I think you might have picked Harry Maguire. Jack? Did you do it? 
I picked Harry Maguire. You did. <laughs> no, okay. Hey, 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 let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. I know. Okay. I know he was good. I know he, he was, was good. good. He was good. You know, 18 clearances and even beyond that, like what he added to this England team. You know, you know he, John Stones was like saw in the back. Harry Maguire was kind of uh, running, kind of being the more physical defender. And I think even beyond the stats, it, it, it affected the way the other teams had to play. And he, he was able to neutralize some pretty big threats. I mean, you could even look at the USA game, for example. I think he was the man at the match for England in that game simply because he was kind of like the guy that was able to stop Pulisic and and Weah and and everyone uh, that was trying to attack. And he I think when you look at even against the, the France uh, game, he was kind of one of England's only like real, not shining stars, but one of oh, their only positives uh, on the team. And I think, he, I, I think he, he was really good. I, I think that because of his def- defensive partnership on the England national team, it benefits him a lot and he's able to put in good performances. Can't say the same about Manchester United, which I know, <laughs> which is why this pick is going to be kind of confusing to people who uh, know him more as you know, slab head uh, <laughs> passes back and uh, immediately like uh, gives up a goal. But I-, I think he was really good for England. He usually uh, tends to be my one like honorable mention I have for defenders is center back. And that is, you know, you, yeah, yeah. You mentioned Tiago Silva. I- I'll mention Aguirre of uh, that play- who plays for West yeah, Ham yeah. center back for Morocco. I think if he didn't get uh, injured in, I was it the round of 16 or quarterfinals. I think a Morocco would have done a lot better and b his performances were really good leading up to then. And he could have been like on this list for sure. It's just West Ham luck that he got injured. So, you know, whatever, <laughs> whatever. Yeah. Harry Maguire, though, Jack, do you hate it? Do you, do you, are you OK with I, it? I'm fine with it. Okay. I He was probably. I, I do think it's funny, though, that England only got one yellow card the entire tournament, and it happened it, to be Harry Maguire getting yes, a yellow card. Of course. I think that's just hilarious. I, 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 I don't think any it fits any other player just quite like him, though. I yeah. think that that's the perfect player to have it, have it happen to. Yeah. <laughs> well, Jack, let's finish off this back line. Who is your right back? I, I feel like we have the same one. It's, it's got to be Hakimi. It is. It's got to be Hakimi. There, is. There's, Absolutely. There's, legitimately not another choice i think i people could try and make an argument for anyone else but at the end of the day they'd just be wrong uh i'm sorry <laughs> it would very be true very true uh he was incredible throughout the entire tournament uh he he was a leader for the team he he was really solid defensively you know he he this is a team that only gave up like Outside of the third place, outside of the the semifinal and third place game, gave up one goal and it was an own goal. Yeah, like, of course, like the semifinal and third place game, a lot rougher. But he was just solid in 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 those games. Everyone's going to remember the Penguin Waddle celebration after (laughs) after scoring the winning penalty against Spain with a Panenka too. Like, just calm, cool, collected really really solid piece for this morocco team yes absolutely and that's why i also picked him yeah one assist and 26 tackles which is a tournament high so he was a really key part in that like you said very very stout defense uh up until 
uh, the semifinals. And even then, like, you know, they're against world-class teams at that point. They faced world-class teams before. There's going to be some faltering there, but he was absolutely key. And I, I, I a, a, any best 11 that doesn't have him as right back, I just think is, is wrong. Yeah. I, I, I could see arguments for a lot of other positions, but I mean, right back Hakimi. It's got to be all you need to do to look and see if any team of the tournament is valid or not is just look at the right hand side. Yeah, basically, there's basically. there's two names that have to be in every <laughs> team. If they're not, you can just move on and discard yeah. the opinions. Yeah. That, that's it. I, I think I think there's three names and I think we'll, we'll mention the, th- the, the third person uh, eventually, too. Are you counting one of the midfielders as like a right sided player? Uh, I this is. This player could be in, in multiple positions, and I, I kind of put him in outside of <laughs> okay. uh, his position. Or, well, depends, I guess, depending on who they played. Uh, but we'll, we'll get to that player. First it is our three central midfielders. Uh, speaking of Morocco, I can mention my defensive midfielder, central midfielder. It's uh, yes. Sofyan Amrabat. Yeah. Plays yeah. for Fiorentina. <laughs> we have the same one for that, too. Awesome. Awesome. Yep. I mean, he was... He rarely put a foot wrong when he was protecting that back line, recovered possession 51 times, which is, you know, for for a team that you needs to have some kind of midfield presence in order to like stay in the game. You know, the games are one one in that middle third. He played such a key role in that 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 51 times he recovered possession was the most by an African player ever in a World Cup. So yeah, he, he was, was incredible, incredible. Even, even if like on the score sheet, you didn't see his name. Every time you watched the Morocco game, you felt his presence in the midfield, like change the way that other teams had to uh, game plan tactically. Like he was he was that 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 dog in the in the midfield. And that's why he is my defensive midfielder pick. Jack, uh, you also picked him. Why? Yeah, of well, I, I feel like Hakimi is obviously one of the one of the main reasons why this Morocco team did so well defensively. If you want to look a little bit further up, he he's definitely a key anchor to all of this. Like you said, winning the ball just ev- almost every single time, making some key interceptions, and also being able to progress the play a little bit from deeper on in the field. I, I think that he was just one of the best midfielders in this tournament. Uh, if they, if they had an award for like best midfielder, I think he might actually, he, I think he would win that one just because of how solid he was in every single aspect of his game. I, I don't think like even in the games where he looked kind of off pace, he still rarely put a foot wrong. Yeah. I agree. And yeah, so I, I, I think he deserves to be in this team. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, you mentioned that he might be one of the the best midfielders. What what's another midfielder you thought uh, is somewhere up there? This is one that I almost forgot about, but then when I was looking through the teams, I I remembered it and I was like, okay, yeah, I I've got to include him on here, mm-hmm. and that would be the 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 light behind Portugal, which is Bruno mm-hmm. Fernandez. Yes, it, he he's got to be in here. He wanted uh he he had three assists and two goals in Portugal's five games, which I'm guessing is leading Portugal's goal contribution oh, list. I, I, I didn't check because I don't think I need to at that point. Okay, I, yeah. because Port- Portugal did not score that many goals uh, in, in this tournament, at least not as many as people thought they would. But I mean, he, he was just 
in, incredible. He he was creating chances. He was scoring goals. He he was he was the brightest spot for Portugal in the game against Morocco as well. Uh, he he looked to be in the game every single time. Mm-hmm, and I don't think Portugal make it as far in this tournament if it's not for him. Uh, I I could see them losing the game against Ghana it, or uh, if if they if Bruno Fernandes isn't out there for the for the whole time. Right. I, I could see I could see that. So I especially how close it came in that in that with that last minute slip up there uh, against yeah. Ghana. Like I, I, I think Bruno has to be in this team. I, I think he definitely deserves to be there. All right. Yeah, I completely agree. I think creatively he has to be one of the, the best midfielders at, at this tournament. He had an expected assists uh, count of three point six, which was a tournament best 22 chances created also a tournament best like you said he was maybe one of the only bright spots for portugal other than uh gonzalo ramos 21 year old place for benfica three goals one assist all came in that switzerland blowout in the round of 16 so i don't know how much you can really uh, put on that (laughs) but uh let's just say bruno fernandez is another manchester united player on my team that plays really well for his country and for some reason once he puts on the red shirt not so much, not so much, but yeah. Speaking of a player who I think actually does play well for his club, and Jack, I'd hope you think so too. Uh, my third central midfielder is Ko- Kovacic of Croatia. Nice. Uh, people also thought Modric uh, belonged here. He did get, I believe, the bronze ball uh, did, at the yeah. end of the tournament. I think. That's kind of BS. I think Kovacic was the better midfielder. I, I think a, a lot of midfielders were better than Modric, but Kovacic is one of them. Nine chances created, 17 tackles, 638 minutes played. He, he was just kind of always there, always adding to the midfield. Was a huge reason why Croatia was able to get to that to the semifinals and eventually win third place. Other honorable mentions that I'll mention real quick here. Chuameni, I think did a lot well people are going to remember his penalty miss uh, in the final but he he really was a very good defensive player really won that midfield well and remember the goal against england he scored too like that yeah one. That exactly was a, that was a crazy goal that was a goal outs- goal of the tournament maybe i mean richarlson had two really good mm, I, I i'd uh, still call no, Chua, I'd, I'd call Chua maybe his goal of the tournament or, or chavez's free kick either one of those two also, I don't like Richarlison. So uh, I, I know he's a, Spur- don't. he's a Spurs player and he's Richarlison. So that's two marks against him. Uh, I, we always have this discussion when you talk about Richarlison. <laughs> he he had goal this this the, the tournament, but Shumani also had a really good one. Another pick was the one player that ended up winning the young player of the tournament, which is Enzo Fernandez for Argentina. All three of them, I think, are fine picks for central midfield. Jack, did you pick someone else, or did you pick one of those three? What happened there? I, I'll, I'll tell you what. I have Kovacic in my honorable mention for midfielder. Okay. okay. I have Enzo Fernandez as my as my pick for very for good pick. I I think that he he was a player that I was not familiar with going into this tournament, like at all. But when when he played, he looked really good for you know a a twenty one year old, right? He. He was performing really well. I think, you know, him and Gvardiol were the two clear top choices for young player of the tournament. But in the group stage, he was so, so important for this Argentina team. 
And even in the, even in the knockout rounds, he didn't contribute goal wise. But in terms of midfield involvement, he was just everywhere in that game. In the in the game against France, I I think McAllister got the assist for Argentina from the midfield. Mm-hmm. But I think Fernandez was the best midfielder in that in that game. Uh, you know he he completed the most passes in that match. He had seven tackles in that match. Like that, that's, that's some insane numbers. That, that's, that, that's, oh. that's crazy. Uh, he, he had a, he had a good shot on target late, late on in the game. Uh, you know, he, he was just really good. <laughs> I, I, I don't know what else, what else I, I really need to say about it, but yeah. he, he's definitely in there. I think Chuamani is a good pick for an honorable mention. I would also, as an honorable mention, put Tyler Adams in there. I think that he, mm-hmm. I think that he proved his worth to the U S and like, him and Pulisic are the two most important U.S. players, I would say. Pulisic for the goal involvements, obviously. But in terms of, like, pure defensive solidity, our center backs were all right. But it was really because of Tyler Adams' yeah. work that we, that we progress. Like, why we even looked like par- partially through the Netherlands game that maybe we had a chance of coming back mm-hmm. into it. Because even Tyler Adams at his, at his worst is still not that bad. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and leadership wise too, off the field, on the field, Tyler Adams is that man. Oh yeah. And to speak about Enzo Fernandez, to put his rapid rise into kind of context, he's twenty one years old. When, when after the Copa America loss that Argentina suffered in twenty sixteen, where Messi, uh, re- like retired temporarily from the Argentina team, he I think on Facebook or something wrote him like a letter, pretty much asking him to reconsider, and literally six years later they're winning a world cup together that's that's amazing more context before this specific uh world cup and the lead up to it he had two two games that he's played for argentina (laughs) he he didn't start for argentina until their poland game and in which case after that in the knockout rounds he played every single minute like that that's crazy and that's a great pick that's a great pick Speaking of great pick, Jax, uh, I think I, I think there's some obvious ones here in this front line. I think at least two of the three pick themselves. Yeah, I, I, I didn't exactly know where to put these because there's some players that could play in multiple positions. But to start off with left wing, uh, I put Kylian Mbappe here yep. uh, from France. He yep. won the golden boot. Eight, like, what, what else I'd say? Eight goals, golden boot. Plus a hat 20, trick in the final. Uh, yeah, I mean. <laughs> uh, only the second player ever to score a hat trick in the final. Jack, yep. do you know who the other player is? It, it's, it's a an, tough it's one. An, it's an English player I know from That's the correct. 66 team. Mm-hmm. I have That's no correct. idea who, but I it's, know it's an English player. You're right. It's Sir Jeff Hurst who played for West Ham. 180 goals for West Ham. Man, West Legend. Ham fans always claim that win for themselves. The, exactly. The, exactly. <laughs> West Ham. West Ham won. 1966. So are you so, saying if, if England brought Jared Bowen, they would have been guaranteed to win? I, I'm saying Declan Rice got them to the quarterfinals. Jared Bowen takes him to the final. That's all I'm saying. That's well, there I'm you saying. go. That, 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 that's what Gareth Southgate needed. That's the information he needed yes, right there. Yes, absolutely. But, you know, 25 uh, dribbles, tournament high. He was, at some point in that final, it was Mbappe versus Argentina. He, he was... You, you, you saw the halftime talk where he was just berating his teammates saying like, we can't be this bad. We have to get back in there. 
and at just what like 23 years old was was this close like like millimeters at some points off from being a, a two-time world cup champion like he yeah <laughs> I, I am scared for any other team both for club and country that has to play against this france or psg side because he is that good jack if you didn't if you didn't have him on there i i don't even know what to say you might of have course. him in a different position but he's no i have him there, at, right? i have him on the left okay. wing because the right wing is reserved for of course the most obvious pick of yeah. this Leo Messi, of course. Uh-huh. It, who who else could could it be? Seven goals in in the tournament. I think he had what was it? Three assists? Was it seven goals? Three assists? Uh, yeah, because uh, because he got the joint most goal contributions. Right. So, come on, like he he <laughs> he he was he he inspired this this team through. Also, I think he uh, he's like one of the first players to score in every single stage of a single world cup. So final semifinal quarterfinal round of 16, uh, in group stage, not just one of, he is the first. That's what I thought. Yeah. I mean, that that's incredible. <laughs> he has, yeah. he has the record for most world cup appearances. Mbappe is probably going to break that at this point, but whatever. Uh, I mean, he, he was, he, he was just like, he was out for revenge for 2014. Yeah. He, he, he was, he was in even, even the one game where Argentina lost, against saudi arabia he scored the goal like Mm -hmm. he he was just he was just locked in throughout this tournament most man of the match awards too i think uh Mm -hmm. for any for any player during a world cup like i I think he had man of the match for against uh mexico and all throughout the knockout stages the goat the goat yeah yeah just just the best the any anyone who's still tries to claim ronaldo is better <laughs> i i sent i sent you a tweet that someone was trying to claim yeah. ronaldo was better and it just screams desperation at this point like uh it it, it was it was a an infamous twitter account united trey oh any, don't, don't don't speak of that man <laughs> he it, he tweeted immediately after <sighs> we can finally say the goats have conquered the international stage and a picture of messi with the world cup and ronaldo with the Euros where he got injured in the final and performed not as well as the rest of his teammates throughout yeah. the entire thing. Uh, yeah, it, it's it's just it's it's just so sad to see that how yeah. they, I don't I don't know how you can still defend defend any other opinion other than yeah. Messi being just the best. Messi is absolutely the GOAT. He won the golden ball for his tournament, obviously. And yes, he had like those seven goals. Yes, he had 6.6 XG, which was a tournament high. Uh, but he also did so much more than that. He won 22 fouls, uh, which I think is the tournament highest. Even when he didn't have the ball, him being there made defenders scared, pay attention to him, and allowed players like Julian Alvarez to get chances and score. Latoro Martinez to get chances and not score. You know, so <laughs> he was he was always influencing the game. Even when he was on the score sheet, there were games where you're like, he was he was the best player, like undoubtedly. And we'll get more into Messi's legacy in a little bit. But Jack, we have one more position to talk about, and that is the striker position. I didn't exactly know who to put here. Uh, I already mentioned him. Julian Alvarez is, I think, one of the the first Argentinian players to score four goals in the World Cup. Obviously, uh, 
Messi got more than that, but you know, good for him. He's an honorable mention. I put Antoine Griezmann here. He he wasn't okay. like always. Uh, I mean, he wasn't you know really a striker. He doesn't always play a striker in general. But I was like, I I feel like I have to put him somewhere. I don't want to put Mbappe in the striker role. Whatever. Twenty two chances created was a tournament high. Seven big chances created, tournament high. Zero point six one expected assists also tournament high. Like outside of the last game where he got subbed off, did not have a great game against Argentina. I think that he was undroppable uh, up until that point. So he's my striker. Jack, who did you have? I also have someone who looked good until their last game in the tournament. Missed a big chance to go ahead um, in in this. Um, and can you guess where I'm going with this? Uh, I think it might be a, another French player, maybe. Yeah, I was going to try and throw okay. you off and make you think I, I was going with Harry Kane. But no, 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 no. no. I'm going with the best striker oh, gosh. ever. Oh, gosh. Olivier Giroud. Oh, my. I knew People it. People complained it. in the 2018 World Cup like, oh, he doesn't score enough. That means he's awful. No, in the 2018 World Cup, he, he was... He he allowed Griezmann and uh, Mbappe to shine and like influence the game, but Giroud this tournament scored four goals in it, including the winner against England, which was the the first game in the tournament where they really encountered some stark opposition to uh, to to them, and was important in getting them back into the Australia game after they went down early, because he scored two goals in that game. Uh, including the the go-ahead goal in it. Plus, not to mention that he made history for France this tournament, becoming France's all-time record goal scorer. I had to include him. He's my He, he is my favorite player of all time. So, of course, he's in my best 11. And for what it's worth, uh, in for my honorable mention, I do have Julian Alvarez as my honorable mention. Okay. I, I think he was great, and it just shows that Manchester City... Uh, have way too much talent in the striker pool from having like zero talent to two of the best pl- uh, best strikers right now i would say mm-hmm. yeah it's scary uh and it's it, it's not scary you picked uh drew because that's that's just like I, I, that's like a safety blank i can always i yeah. can always trust that to happen you know yeah. so very happy with that all right well awesome we got we got through the, the best 11 talked about the players that made this World Cup amazing and the legacy that you know, some of these all-time performances will leave with us. Uh, after our uh, trivia break here, we'll talk about some of the legacies of Messi in particular, as well as uh, some more coaches and uh, the World Cup as a whole. Jack, let's give some stat padding here. Why don't you explain what this is since it's, it's been a while? Yeah, so stat padding is a trivia game that has to do with my favorite thing, statistics. I mentioned that I taught a statistics class, and uh, for that class, actually, I used uh, a certain website a lot to find data sets, fun data sets, to teach Uh how to code and to do some uh, data analysis with. And AJ, you probably know, this is my favorite website of all time. It is 538, Nate Silver's website for election predictions, mostly, but... A lot of sports predictions on there, too. I remember in high school, we, uh, you, you probably saw me in math classes looking through 538 instead of actually doing the work uh, a lot of times <laughs> I, because I, I looked at it way too much, and I still do. So 
I'm going through some 538 stuff from the Premier League and World Cup. And okay. uh, that, that's, that, that's what it is. Five questions. And some of these are a lot more difficult, so there's some leeway with them. All right, all right. Uh, so, first one, World Cup one. According to 538, what percentage oh of gosh. World Cup group stage matches classify as upsets? Now, upset doesn't mean the team that was less likely to win won. It just means that the result that occurred was not the most likely result. So that okay. could mean teams drawing when one was favored to win. Uh, Anything like that. So I'm going to give okay. you I'm going to give you like a five. I'll say seven percent either way of it. OK, seven percent either way. So upsets group stage. Well, I mean, I, 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 I a don't have time or B don't if have it, the memory. If it helps, to, there's 48 games in the group. Yeah, 48 stage. games. OK, well, there's some like obvious uh, comebacks and and upsets that happened. And if I had to guess, I, I'd say that there were like six really obvious ones mm -hmm. but then there's also you know games where there were like there was a draw when you'd expect a win uh hmm so i'm gonna say you know you know maybe maybe that that six figures more like 12 maybe we add on like whoa crazy there's there's 10 there's 10 uh draw upsets maybe in 12 i'll say but would it be 50%? I'm going to go 20 out of 48, which if I do the math is 41.6%, 42% is my guess. You were so close to getting it dead on, by the way, uh, because you, you, you were doing, there's 12 really obvious upsets, add 10 on. It was 22 out of 48, 45.83%. Uh, so some wow. ones that you might not have expected to be on there, by the way. Uh, Tunisia versus Australia, which ended mm -hmm. in a draw, but Tunisia was favored to win by around 20%. Uh, you, or, sorry, Australia won that one, and Tuni uh -huh. Tunisia was favored to win. Uh, you, you also had Croatia versus Belgium, which you might expect right. Belgium win. It was actually a Croatia win favored at that point because Belgium was looking so bad during that yeah, tournament that, cool. uh, that it already happened, but that, but that ended in a draw, so... Pretty close. That that's a point, though. That's a point. Yeah, that's um, that's kind of impressive. All right, all yeah, right. But okay. a lot of upsets, according yeah. to this method. Uh, uh -huh. uh, if you ask someone else, maybe maybe not as many, but sure. All right, next one. What three Premier League clubs are most likely to be relegated, according to five thirty eight? Uh, as of right now. As of right now. Yep. Live okay. statistics. I looked at them legitimately fifteen minutes before we started recording. So okay, about as live as they can get. <laughs> Sure. Uh, who even is on the bottom? Uh, ooh, Wolves. Okay, that's one. 20th. All right. Oh, okay, okay. Do oh, I sorry. think all three I, I, of them? Yeah, um, I'll, I'll give you one uh, miss. I'll give you one okay. miss in it. Nottingham Forest. I feel like no one is really thinking they could really survive right now, so I'll go with them. That's, that's the second one. You, okay. you, you got to get one more, and you still have a miss. <sighs> I mean, this is just my pick. Uh, from the beginning of the season, I think I picked Leeds United to go down. Is that one of them? It is not Leeds. Okay, not Leeds. Five thirty-eight uh, said believe in Jesse Marshmore. I uh, okay. Well, uh, <laughs> thankfully, I don't think West Ham is going to be there, so I'm not guessing them. But I, I know it's not one of them. Uh, Fulham. Okay, I'm, I'm going through the other promotion teams. Fulham, they're doing fine-ish. 
finer than usual. <laughs> uh, I'll go with five three eight. Can't possibly think that Everton's going down. Uh, I'll go with uh, the other promotion team, Bournemouth. Then Bournemouth is correct. Yeah. Okay. Everton is fourth in terms of likelihood. Okay. But uh, four sixty three percent. Wolves fifty six and Bournemouth forty five. Wow, that's that, that's that's kind of steep for Bournemouth. I I, I thought it'd be yeah. a little bit lower than that. It, it it has to do with with the way they calculate it. Uh, okay. Based off based off of just like expected uh, results from the team, and that updates obviously as more results get added. And gotcha, but, gotcha. All right, another Premier League question. Oh boy. Manchester City are predicted to finish as champions currently. Okay. How many points are they predicted to end with? Oh, God. And I'm oh. I'm I'm gonna give I'm gonna give you uh five in either direction of this. Okay. So you got a ten point range. Let's see. Well, oh what they have like twenty some somewhere around twenty. They're they're behind Arsenal right now. They they are currently behind Arsenal. Yeah. yeah. Well, not twenty points. Like like a maybe a little over thirty points. Thirty 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 one. Uh, and we are. This is what game week eighteen coming up. Mm-hmm. They they so, current they currently have thirty two points. If that thirty two points, okay, and and still have like half more than half of the season uh, left to go. Predicted to win, I think. I'll say seventy seventy. Um, I, I'm gonna go with seventy four points. Seventy four points. You're 10 off. It's 84 <sighs> points. Arsenal Dang. are currently predicted to finish with 81 points. Okay. So the difference is uh, the, the difference that 538 is predicting is the Manchester City v. Arsenal games. That's wow. what they're predicting is going to settle the title race. Uh, they currently incredible. have City favored in both. Okay. So that, that's, that, that's what's driving that. But uh, these next two are about a measure that 538 has created called the SPI, Soccer Power Index, which uh-huh. measure, measures the strength of a team out of 100 based off of their current roster uh, and combined with their recent adult results. So it, okay. it, it fluctuates based off of those. It's not super sensitive to, um, to major upsets, but it, it can change around a little bit. So okay. first question about that is... So 538 updated these for national teams throughout the tournament. They usually don't update them for the national teams, except at major tournaments. Which three teams had the biggest gains and which three had the biggest losses in terms of their soccer power index? So Mm. you might want to think of like which teams overachieved a little bit, which teams underachieved a lot, that kind of thing. And I'll give you... If you want to start with like gains first and then or if you want to start with one of the categories, I'll give you one miss in each category. Okay. Uh, I mean Can I go with Croatia as a gain? Croatia, I I I actually have all of them written down. They uh-huh. they they were actually the only team to have no change throughout the oh, entire wow. tournament. Okay. Uh oh, they started yikes. at a 78.8 and <laughs> ended at a 78.8. All right. Well, I will then go with Morocco. I feel like I'm just gonna pick like the ones I made a, a, a large run. It's Morocco surprisingly lost rating oh, over the course of this. I know. I was sh- I was shocked by that as well. I, I, okay. I'm gonna you if I'll, I'll 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 give you I'll give you like if you get the rest of these three perfect, then 
you can get half the point for it. All right. Am I still going with gain? Gains, yeah. Okay, gains. Uh, hmm, interesting. Uh, okay. So, so you said it's not too sensitive to like major upsets. So, like, not too sensitive. Yeah. Yeah. So, like Saudi Arabia, like beating Argentina, like that's cool and all, but you know, they didn't perform too well for the rest. So, right. Maybe right. they don't go as far. Uh, I'm just looking at like the teams here. I, I, uh, ooh, you know, J- oh, Japan did beat. I mean, they didn't make it past the round of 16. I'm going to go with Japan uh, as a gain. Japan did gain 4.6. That is third, by the way. So the other two teams gained wow. more than 4.6. Okay, okay. Looking at some of the other teams, uh, I don't think England would. Uh, I will say I mean, one of these I did not expect at all uh, to, to gain as much as they did. Okay, all right. Uh, I'm going to go with maybe i'm gonna go with another asian team i'm gonna go with south korea south korea is is top with 6.3 so they they went from a 66.1 to a 72.4 all right and this this last one that you are perpeting Mm -hmm. is surprising to you for some reason it it, it really is (laughs) i mean this team did play well but also i didn't anticipate a gain of I'll I'll tell you what the gain is since you sure. already have the of six point one points. Six point one points. I was okay. not anticipating that much of a gain. Okay. I would have probably given him a gain still, but okay, man. <laughs> uh, maybe I will go with. I I I'm I'm thinking just like teams I made out of the group stage. I'm I'll go with Senegal. It was not. It was actually another Asian team. It was Iran. Okay, interesting. Because I mean, they they scored against England twice, uh huh, and they they took the U.S. to a very competitive game, yeah. and they beat Wales two to zero. And Wales was rated higher than them going into the tournament. Okay, okay well, and then I'll, they I'll they they lost to England, but scored two against them. England only on, on average are proje- projected to concede zero point three goals per game. Right, they have a really high defense, so scoring two does influence it a little bit so losses if you if these three did not surprise me as much in terms of Uh losses losses okay yeah uh germany as one (laughs) germany gained what how did germany gain (laughs) because they drew spain oh who cares (laughs) okay all right all right all right right. some of these don't make sense some of these don't make sense which shows that maybe this measure isn't the best at a lot of things Okay, uh, Uruguay. Uruguay did lose some points, but only one point seven, which is not enough to make it on on okay. this. Okay, all right. I'm, tr- I'm trying to think of of even bigger upsets uh, than that. I, I can uh, give you a hint of one. Think dark horses. Oh, okay. That, that was literally <laughs> my third guess. Uh, yeah. Denmark. <laughs> yeah, Denmark was the okay. biggest loser. Three point three points down after gotcha. taking one point out of the group stage uh belgium is that one belgium uh did go down but only by uh 1.4 points or 2.4 sorry all right so still still not enough to make it there all right my last my last guess my last guess is mexico mexico only lost 0.2 it was the other two is wales losing 3.1 and costa rica losing 2.8 you know Getting yeah. getting destroyed seven seven nothing does yeah, harm it a little bit. Yeah, I should see that one. All right. Yeah. All right. 
Last one. This one, this one is tougher, so I set a pretty low uh, boundary for getting the point on this. What are five of the top ten ranked clubs in 538's SPA, SPI index? I'm not going to get that. Uh, five of the top ten ranked clubs. You can probably get five of the top ten just by thinking uh, logically about what uh, clubs might be on there. Okay. Uh, uh, Bayern Munich. Yep. Bayern have a 92.6 for first place. PSG. PSG have an 87.3 for fourth. Manchester City. City are in second with 91.2. Am I going for 10? If you want to. I mean, hey, if you get if you get 10 out of 10, I will give you two points. So you get a five out of five. Oh, okay. All right. It's not (laughs) happening, but I like it. Uh, Real Madrid. Real Madrid are in seventh with 84.8. Okay. Uh, uh, Liverpool has to be up there. Liverpool fifth, 86.4. All right, dude, this is easy. You, you've got yeah. one point. You've got five. So okay. Uh oh, wow. Uh, is uh, is Barcelona still up there? Barcelona still is. They're okay. third with eighty-eight point five. All right, and, and, and this is this is all teams, not just like uh Champions League teams, right? It, this is all teams. Yes. Okay. Not just Champions League. Not just. Although, League. um, I feel like most of them would be Champions. Most League. of them are Champions League teams. Okay. Uh, there there is i think two two exceptions two exceptions i want to say okay on this uh is is arsenal one of them arsenal sixth place okay. 85.9 so you okay. just need the bottom three bottom three all right yep. i could do this below 84.8 Okay, and you, you I, I know that doesn't exceptions. really tell you anything because you said there's a, two exceptions. Can I ask, is Barcelona technically one of them because they're out of? No, the I, 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 uh, from the ones you had left, Arsenal okay, was okay. one of the exceptions because Europa League. Yes, uh, yes, yes. There is still, I'm, pr- I'm pretty sure that this team is not in the Champions League anymore. Anymore. I, I think okay. they. I, I'm gonna check just to make sure, but okay. I, I'm, I'm. Is that other team? Uh regardless is, oh, is one of them it, there, there's no there's no there's no exceptions to it anymore there i i was wrong <laughs> they okay. are still in the champions League. okay uh is one of them ac milan it is not ac milan <sighs> okay there is an italian team all right it's definitely not juve uh is it yeah. uh I, I have two guesses uh one of them is chelsea one of them is inter milan it's not Inter Milan, but it is Chelsea. Chelsea is okay. 10th with 81. So right. Right, right, right at the bottom. These last two are tied uh, at 81.1 each. Okay. Both Champions League teams. Uh, one, one Italian team, and if I give you the country of the other one, it will give it away. <laughs> okay. Which probably gives it away by itself, but... Uh, all right. Uh, who? Uh, okay, well, I, I was, I was, I was going to originally guess ajax for the other country but they're not in the champions league anymore right so i'll go with porto and you said another italian team yep i mean i i, I guess it has to be napoli then yep those are the last two okay. porto okay. and napoli Dang, 81.1 screwed by the milan teams wow. yeah yeah you, you you forgot who was top of the Serie A table you forgot that's true and yeah. I, I always back them for some reason yep all right and All the right. one time you didn't back them, it, it lets you down. I guess so. I guess, I guess you just so. have to become a full-time Napoli fan. I, 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 guess I very much do not want to do that. But. <laughs> <laughs> so you, you got four points then, uh, or sorry, 
you got you got three. I forgot about the the Man City champions points one. So mm-hmm. you got you had three. That that's a passing grade. Uh, right passing there. grade. I yeah. like it. I like it. And you well, know what? I'll it. I'll give you three point five for for that. All right. For I appreciate it. <laughs> I, I appreciate the sport. Yeah, yeah. There, there you go. Three point five. A, a little bit of a rougher comeback in, into it, but you know, you've had a month and a half off of it. So yeah, yeah, makes sense. <laughs> well, Jack, let's end off this episode by talking about some of the legacies that are left over by this World Cup. Not just like the players. We already talked about that, but I mean, let's talk about a particular player in general, which is Lionel Messi, who. As we mentioned, is yeah. the unadulterated goat now greatest yeah. of all time? Uh, it was it was a fairy tale ending. I I don't think anyone could really argue that he got the golden ball. You you saw uh you know him with the trophy getting carried uh by Sergio Aguero uh basically the same pose as uh, Diego Maradona the forty years ago mm-hmm. uh in, in the stadium getting carried. And what this meant for literally not just Argentina, not just Messi fans, but like if not, not even just fans of football, but like the human race. I felt like <laughs> in the past week, whenever I, I felt sad or stressed about finals, I'm just like, wow, Messi won the World Cup. <laughs> it, just, it, it just feels right. And, and so I, I guess, Jack, like like to you, what, what does what, what does this World Cup mean for Messi's legacy and for and what does his his legacy mean for like the world of football? I think it cements him as as the goat. Even as much as Ronaldo fans might try and still claim that Ronaldo is the is the goat. I I think it I think it's it's funny because I saw a post where someone was like the Ronaldo and Messi's most liked Instagram post is their greatest accomplishment. Uh, Messi's is him winning the World Cup, and Ronaldo's is him playing chess with Messi. So his best accomplishment is getting compared to <laughs> Messi. Wow. I, I think I think that's kind of fair. Like the things that the things that Ronaldo has done, you could you could see another player doing a lot of that again. I, I think you can see another player scoring a lot of goals. And I think uh, I think winning I mean, champions. a lot of goals is kind of that's kind of underplaying Ronaldo's, you know, Champions League goal records. Fair, I mean. fair enough. But I, I think like, you know, I could see a player like Mbappe or Holland kind of. Sure. I, I sure. could see I could see them doing that. To get on Messi's level of what he's done and how important he is at every single level of competition, I I don't think that's going to be matched by another player, mm-hmm. it, in in recent history in like mm-hmm. the near the near future. Yeah. I I think that he is just the best. His mm-hmm. his dribbling, his playmaking, his 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 passing vision, his goal scoring. I mean, like. People, people are, are trying to say like, oh, but he scored a lot of penalties in, in this tournament. Like, okay, he, as we saw, like it, it you can miss penalties pretty badly in, uh, in these kinds yeah. of situations. He kept his cool in most situations and, and was able to, and was able to score a good proportion of them. Yeah. Uh, and I, I think he, he's, he's just the best. He, 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 this, this is just like in the future, like. 20 years from now it's going like the the future generations are just going to be it are just going to say yeah he was the greatest like there's no argument despite uh-huh. like despite never having having seen him play like yeah people are going to say yeah he he, he was the best <laughs> the, 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 this is not uh a, a larry bird to, to to 
look at the NBA lens. It's this is not like uh, in the 80s or whatever. Larry Bird and Magic Johnson, where you're like, oh, Larry Bird, and Magic Johnson, they were on equal footing. This is like this is like Michael Jordan and Charles Barkley. Charles Barkley was a great NBA player, but Michael Jordan was like yeah. another level. And I think I think this was a legacy game. And I think the fact that Messi didn't shy down in this game, in this entire tournament for that matter, and basically scored scored the opening goal penalty scored uh the the go-ahead goal uh, to make it three to two and eventually scored the very first argentina penalty in the shootout I, that's that that's legacy right there the fact mm-hmm. that that in the biggest well biggest moments you know i mean i i don't blame ronaldo for getting injured in the in the euros but messi was there throughout yeah. the entire final played every single minute and in, throughout in the entire tournament. tournament too like yeah what did ronaldo Oops. do at this world cup uh benched i don't know benched he scored a penalty yeah uh, which was a pretty soft penalty to be given uh and then managed to claim one goal for himself that was that was that was a teammate's and uh even even when he came on against like morocco he didn't change the game yeah like Messi yeah. changes games. Yeah. And, and and this isn't to like take. I mean, you might be taking away from Ronaldo. That's oh, OK. Am. Yeah. OK. I am not <laughs> taking away from Ronaldo. It's just the fact that Messi is just this good. And even as he gets older, he's adapting his game. He, he is changing the way he plays. And to that point, he is still at this huge top level at what, like what? 35 years old 35, or something. Yep. Just signed a contract extension in PSG because he can still ball at this level. And, he, and he's been he's been recognized jack here are the trophies some of the major trophies that uh messi's won and it is it is disgusting how much he has won la liga 10 times he's won yep. <laughs> liga one season one trophy copa del rey eight domestic super cups both in france and spain nine european super cups three champions leagues which to win one is a lot of players' dreams. He's won four of them. Club World Cups, three. Ballon d'Ors, again, to win one would mean that you are an all-time great. He's won seven, which I think, yeah, is the, the, the <laughs> most. the most, yeah. Yeah. European Golden Shoes, uh, uh, Golden, yeah, Golden Shoe, yep. uh, where you score the most goals in the, the top European leagues, six. For, and and that's that just club. Since especially the last couple of years, he's really turned it on for Argentina. Uh, summer Olympic gold medal back in 2008. And recently, since last summer, Copa America, he's won. He won the final East summer. I don't really count that, but some people do. Jackie, you do. Still a very big deal. Still a very big deal. Won against Italy. And then now he's won the World Cup. He has, he has beat the game of soccer. This is, what, this is what you set out to do when you play FIFA careers, yep. right? This is... And, and, and he did that. He he did that. He he came, you know, from the little boy from Rosario, Argentina, came to La Masia, didn't know anyone, was was five to uh, uh, managed some some medical magic, uh, grew grew to be five, <laughs> seven uh, and, and managed to just keep on finding a new level, keep on finding a, a new way to be the greatest of all time, even when he played with amazing amazing teammates ronaldinho uh uh chavi iniesta busquets uh neymar right suarez the list goes on he was still undeniably like 
the best player in all of those instances for Argentina, for Barcelona. I mean, I, I can go on, but, but uh, Jack, like, do you have anything else to say about, like, he's the greatest, and, like, uh, what does him being the greatest, what does this World Cup, what does his win mean for for all the little kids, all, all, all the all the happy, happy AJs out there? What, what does it mean to them? Uh, I think I think it just means, like, you know, you're getting to see the height of a player playing a game that they were seemingly born to play. Yeah. Like every, every single moment like this is just an incredible moment. Like you, you at every single point you could have, you could have said like, okay, it, he, he's won like everything. What, how can he possibly top it? It, the mentality that he has to never back down from anything is just incredible. And the fact that he is gone from just strength to strength like even like it, it speaks volumes that last season at psg was considered a terrible season for him despite having 20 goal contributions in the league yeah like 20 goal contributions in the league is like the absolute ceiling for some for some players yeah he, that's he, his, his worst his that's worst his season is some some players best exactly and that's just like, a fact that like it's it, it's just like undeniable to see that and it and it, it shows you like it doesn't matter what like what what adversity you face really in trying to to build mm-hmm. up like to be the best you can be because like he Messi has overcome some undoubtedly like huge huge disadvantages theoretically to be able to do this but he rose up to it every time and 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 that's and inspiring yeah that, that's inspiring i i we we've seen the celebrations for Argentina, and it's not just because Argentina won; it is because of Messi winning. Mm-hmm. From Pakistan to Naples, under under the Maradona murals, to Barcelona, to New York City, to Best Buy, people stopped in Best Buy, looked at all the plasma TVs, and and watched the penalty shootouts. I, I was I was coaching at a debate tournament. Mm-hmm. There, like, uh, you're you're familiar with the Blake tournament? Yes, right? in a hotel, big tournament. Yep. Massive tournament. It's a it's a na- for those of you who aren't familiar with debate. It's a national circuit tournament. Debaters from all over the country come to this one place to compete. Yes. During like in between rounds, there were people watching this final. And when uh-huh. and when the, the when Argentina won, they had they had to come into the, the gathering space and say, hey, there's debates going on. Please keep it down. <laughs> like yeah. the, it was it was so it was so hype. Like like just to <laughs> see like just the the level of of impact of influence that kind of event has mm-hmm. yeah right like it doesn't matter if 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 you're like the biggest sports fan in the world or you're you're a debater not to say those are ex- <laughs> exclusive because <laughs> they're definitely sure, not sure, sure. but uh like it doesn't matter people people are excited about it and it, it resonates with everyone and i i have a friend who's going to argentina uh yeah. in like in a week and i was like dude that's that's going to be that's going to be incredible electric. Yeah, I, I can't I can't I can't imagine how cool that's going to be. Yeah. I mean, four million people in Buenos Aires, right? Uh, people watching on planes at the airport everywhere. Everyone, everyone knows Messi. Everyone oh, yeah. is inspired by Messi from from rural Mongolia to to, you know, you know, inner city Kenya, like the the just the, the infants 
of of South America will know his name, and the the, the senior citizens in Croatia and England they also know his name. They were watching as well, and that's I think that is Messi's legacy, right? You you mentioned the debaters. I, I mentioned uh, all the other people watching. The fact that he was able to bring people together and to recognize that there's sometimes just greatness that supersedes any other differences, supersedes your lack of knowledge about soccer. There, there just sometimes are moments in life that where you have to like come together and just appreciate something that's like beautiful and something that in my mind is right. He just he's perfected the game. And I, yes, you can call us messy fanboys, but I think you can't be a soccer fan without being a quote unquote messy fanboy. Yeah. Uh, also fair if, if you, if you want to call me a messy fanboy, because kind of true, uh, <laughs> kind of true, kind of base, not going to lie. Yeah. All right, Jack, the legacy of this world cup as a whole, Messi is obviously a big part of that, but on the field, there were some crazy upsets and stories you have very, I mean, I'm sure you've watched like all, like a bunch of the world cups, so very closely you've watched 2018 and 2022. 22 greater than 18 question mark on the field on the field on the field greater off the field worse yes i think I, I think that's the way to, i think that's the best way to put it yes and i have been paying attention like actually paying i mean i feel like i wasn't you didn't even have consciousness until i was like like 18 <laughs> but I, i've been paying attention really closely to world cups since the 2010 world cup uh on the field, I think this is by far the greatest ones. Mm. Crazy upsets, crazy stories. We just mentioned Argentina. But the fact that you know Brazil, Spain, and Portugal all kind of underperformed was pretty interesting. Uh, Belgium, Uruguay, Germany, Denmark, Mexico not making it out of the group. That was crazy. A lot of upsets yeah. ha- had happened in order to make that happen. Am I missing another team that crashed out of the group stage that was large? Uh, let, I mean, let, let me think about that. I can't. Canada, I guess, but who cares about uh, Canada? Yeah, I mean, I I will say, I will say like uh, this kind of goes al- along with with what you were saying originally, but like Australia making it out of the group, That's despite huge. despite like five when I was looking through five thirty eight, they gave them a twenty percent chance to make it out of the group mm-hmm. after the first game. After the first after the first game, that dropped down to fifteen. Yeah, but they yeah. they went on and won both of those last two games. And that that's that's awesome for Australia. Yeah, this this was the first tournament where all all confederations that were at the World Cup. Sorry, New Zealand or OFC, but all the confederations had representation thanks to uh, Australia, Iran, uh, USA. And if you want to look at Australia as just a different continent, then all the populated continents had representation as well. Like this was a World Cup. Mm-hmm. Uh, you had amazing runs like Croatia and Morocco and Morocco. I mean, Croatia, you know, they were there in 2018, but Morocco, they became just the third non-Euro or S- South American country to make the semis. And first African, first uh, uh, m- Muslim Arab world uh, country as well, mm-hmm. or not Arab world, but the you know, m- majority Muslim country. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Jack, do, do you happen to know the other two? Uh, the other two? I know one of them is the U.S., Yes, 1930. And, ooh, another one. Uh, God, who else would have made it? Uh, oh, well, uh, let me get, give you a hint. Uh, 
it obviously oh, South Korea. Be, yes, there you go. There yeah, two thousand two. Two thousand two. Yep. And and, and to to see that to see like how much it meant to the Moroccans. Like even though they got fourth place, they got treated by I'm I'm the the the, the prime minister president of Morocco, the leader of Morocco. Oh, we'll they come, yeah, the, the leader of Morocco. That's amazing, right? Like I, I'm not tripping to say that 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 was like one of the best stories of this World Cup. Oh, in, that, that, sports that's in general. Yeah, it, it has to be like they 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 made history with, with it. And, you know, like throughout the throughout that tournament, like a, after the round of 16, they were they were like the, the coach was like, yeah, we're we're not representing just us. We're representing all of Africa with this. Yeah, that's that's amazing. Fire lions, fire lions. Yeah, that <laughs> bars, bars, some might say. And, and there were even more upsets. Saudi Arabia beat Argentina two to zero, and this the Saudi Arabian leader also uh, celebrated uh, largely. And you had Japan beating Germany and Spain to top their group, losing to Costa Rica for some reason. But Japan, <laughs> that's crazy. Uh, Morocco obviously beat Belgium uh, to make it out of the group. South Korea beat Portugal to screw Uruguay out and uh, and to make it out of their group. And you had Croatia's penalty shootouts that come back against Brazil to, to, to make it to uh, the later stages of the tournament. And then and then the final. Jack, the final. I Best World Cup final. A period. Period sister. That's so no, true. Nothing. Nothing. No final. I, I don't think a final will top that one. Uh, yes. Yeah, simply put, like, I, I think that was the best one of the if not the best game of soccer i've ever seen because it, it wasn't like they were pl- like either side were playing terribly i mean th- there were some players that underperformed but it was just it was just like argentina and and and, and di maria and messi were so good killing mbappe putting his team on his back like it was it was like it was like there was a narrative built in this in, in this game you had the storylines come in argentina they want to win the world cup they want messi to win the world cup Go ahead, two to zero. Uh, one of them is 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 a messy goal. One of them is a beautiful team goal. Awesome, and of it course it's great. a Di Maria goal because Di of Maria course. has scored in every final he yes. he has played in because I, he didn't play he didn't play in the twenty fourteen final. I don't think so. I don't think so. So he, he he's got that dog in him. He comes up and, in the big moments, and, and it was looking good. And then what happened? Except Mbappe being Kylian Mbappe. The next great like product in world soccer makes it two to zero or two to two after literally two minutes, mm-hmm. and it goes to it goes to extra time. It goes to Messi coming up big, sc- scoring the go ahead goal, and then Mbappe again, unstoppable penalties. Three three goes to penalties. Emilio Martinez saves the day. Like that's a fairy tale ending. I. M- my Fitbit always tracks like uh, uh, <laughs> the heart, heart rate, rate. <laughs> and my heart rates throughout some of these games, especially the USA games, obviously like Iran. It, it, it was like yeah. the game against Iran, the last 10 minutes. It, it was saying it was literally saying like, you are reaching peak cardio. Good job for exercising. Cardio. <laughs> I was sitting down. <laughs> I, I was I was so nervous. Same thing with the with the penalty shootout. Just amazing. Just amazing. Yeah. Uh, I mean, to anyone who says like, oh, this World Cup was rigged for Messi, this World Cup was scripted for him. Like, I don't think they could have come up with a better script then. I mean, they, they scripted it pretty well. Uh, That's in a that script to me. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't know. Uh, like, they, they sure did their job. If, if, they, if they did script it, 
But also, I don't think you you could script who anyone who's saying that like how do how do you script Mbappe, how do you script Mbappe to like be like yeah so you want to lose the World Cup man yeah uh, he, and <laughs> like, he was he was mad he was mad oh yeah and I mean and this is setting up the Euro twenty twenty four World Cup twenty twenty six narratives like it was it's yeah. just it, it's like a season finale you know what I mean <laughs> yeah yep. It's like it's like Ash Ketchum finally winning the Pokemon World Championship. You know what I mean? <laughs> yep, it's yep. like that level of amazing. And I don't know. I had a lot of fun. It was 172 goals in all, 2.68, uh, a match which was the most out of a World Cup. Some might say it's bad yeah. defense. Some might say it's bad teams making it. But you know, it was fun. Or maybe People just good offenses. You know? Yeah. <laughs> so on the field, I think we both agree it's the best World Cup that that we've seen. On the field, on the field, on the field, off the field. Ooh, mixed yeah, bag. It's mixed real bag. bad. Uh, obviously, uh, I'm probably gonna. F- I'm literally going to probably forget some uh, controversies. Uh, There's but, a lot of them. So, but uh, to name a few off, Jack, and you can catch me if I forget some. Uh, obviously, forced labor, the slavery, yep. and the deaths mm-hmm. that led up to building the infrastructure. Yep. Six thousand five hundred. Six thousand five hundred. Yep. Even, even during the tournament, I yep. believe that people dying. Yep. And, and also, and, uh, the tournament officials literally saying like, uh, maybe, but we don't really care about that. That doesn't yeah. matter. Like, and, and like not paying workers, like sending them back home or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then, like, that's obviously the worst part. But then you also have the move to the winter, which which really messed up world soccer schedule, players' health and stuff. Yep. The LGBT suppression, because it was in Qatar, a country that's not necessarily known to being very progressive. They banned alcohol in stadiums literally, like, a couple days before the World Cup when people were already there. Uh-huh. You had the Iranian suppression of women in the background, Qatar and FIFA didn't do anything about that. It was also just kind of a, a big deal throughout uh, their time in Qatar. You had the lackluster infrastructure and accommodations. Like there are pictures of like people like the, the hotels were, were boxes. They were shipping yeah. containers. Yeah. Like that, that's literally what it was. They plopped a bunch of shipping containers down in the desert and were like pay us $200 a night. And not even in a cool, this is sustainable, like we're in Coachella yeah. kind of way. No. This is like, this is like, uh, we also sometimes don't have a lot of running water or the bathrooms are like yeah. half a mile away. Yeah. God, good luck. You know what I mean? And it's also yep. still $200. So haha. And no alcohol. So you can't even yeah. have fun. I don't know. <laughs> and I, I'm forgetting something. Uh, Grant I, Wall dying yeah. is not necessarily, we know now is not a, uh, it, it wasn't anything uh no foul suspicious. play no foul play no foul play but still but like heartbreak yeah and, and and that's gonna be associated with the world coming grant wall we, we we posted our uh our you know thoughts about that but that's he played a big part in u.s soccer he played a big part in covering world cups in the past and to have him pass before he got to see argentina win which we all know he it would have been amazing for him to see for him to pass during a world cup, like all these things together, just kind of put a stain on the world cup and, and even casual people, even f- fans, casuals, they understand this. They they mm-hmm. say, they say, Oh, the world cup 2026 coming to USA. They still say, well, screw Qatar, screw FIFA. They're still bad people. Fans of soccer obviously know this and 
I don't know. It mm-hmm. it kind of it kind of makes me sad to think about that. Such a good World Cup also will always always have such a dark history behind it yeah and i'm surprised you didn't mention uh because how much you love public transportation how bad their public transportation planning was i i can't believe you missed that i i I thought that was going to be the first thing you were going to mention i i i I, I can't believe i missed that i can't believe to to that point their climate goals not being met at all Mm -hmm. this is supposed to be like a, a net neutral uh tournament air conditioning the entire stadium no it's not going no, to be no of course it's, it was never going yeah. to be yeah but yeah public trend what was the thing out there saying uh uh metro metro this way metro yeah this. yeah because the lines like two and a half hours to get to to leave the stadiums yeah. and like these games were being played like late at night for them too uh-huh. like that's ridiculous and and, and this is this is it, it tells you why a you shouldn't have um <laughs> a world cup in a country that has a bad human uh, human rights violations yeah, yeah. all that shouldn't play it in a place that's too extreme weather but also in a country that just does not have the infrastructure because you know we talk about climate goals we talk about you know the slavery a large part of that was just because they needed to build all of this and and that requires a lot of labor that requires a lot of carbon emissions the usa Mexico, Canada, from a from a an infrastructure standpoint, from a political standpoint, yada yada, yada not the best, obviously. Mm-hmm. Still, miles better. <laughs> yeah. We have the stadiums, we have the infrastructure. Could use some more countries. transportation. We, uh, and and, and it, hey, you know what? We're getting there. Uh, I'm a civil engineer. I, I could tell you we're we're getting there. <laughs> but it, it like it, it's just such a mixed bag. But at the same time, and I think we'll end off this episode with this, it did bring people together. And I think what it means for the future of soccer, especially in this country, is a lot of good. Uh, everyone stopped and watched. We, we already mentioned that from all across the world. But even here in America, right, yet 28 million people watched the final in the U.S., which is NFL numbers. And this was at like yeah. this was at like 10 a.m., 11 a.m., no. 9 a.m. for us. Yeah, in the East Coast. 9 a.m. for us. 7 a.m. on the West Coast. Still, 28 million people watched. 33 million at the penalty shootout, which is the peak. And I think a large part of that was, you know, the USA was undoubtedly in it. There's amazing narratives. But, you know, maybe moving to the Winter World Cup was actually a little bit of good in some cases because it meant that people in schools were able to watch the World Cup. It's why March Madness is so popular. Because, yeah, I mean, I, I'm sure. I'm sure, Jack, as a TA, you you kind of got that. Yeah, and I can tell you some other things for uh, just the the World Cup in soccer yeah. in the U.S. Uh, my my mom teaches in our oh, former school yeah. district. The Wi-Fi crashed on several days because so many people were streaming the World Cup. Yeah, like that. It like you you remember that it only happened during March Madness usually. Like yeah, that 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 would only ever happen during that no other event would come close to to doing that yeah. but no it, it happened multiple times and like the game uh between the u.s and england on the day after thanksgiving yeah genius Huge. like that 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 seems like scripting right there yeah. that's that's perfect <laughs> scheduling for, yeah. it, for it because i think what was it like i i can't remember how many people watched it but it was the most watched soccer game uh like or at least with the with the u.s involved yes in it. yeah like that's amazing that's good that's really good uh it's too bad it was a zero zero game but 
Yeah, uh, but I mean, I mean, it's still impressive in some case. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I, I think I think what this World Cup did for building interest, you, you had people that are into sports really get involved. And uh, you can look at, uh, you know, the examples from schools, like some schools literally took a half day to to mm-hmm. go into like the theater and, and just watch the game, like put it up uh, during math class and stuff. Because and, and that got people who wouldn't normally care about soccer to care because other people were watching and mm-hmm. that's amazing. And then yeah. Twitter, TikTok, literally everywhere. Yeah, literally I, everywhere. I mean, you know, I, I I've heard from a lot of people who are just like, I have not watched soccer before this. I now want to go to like a Minnesota United game to yeah. do it. And I and my first thought is, well. You might be a little disappointed with with the level yeah, of play there, yeah. uh, but uh, well, let's just say Kylian Mbappe is not going to be Kylian uh, Mbappe not is there. not going to be playing at, on uh, a cold, frozen night in Minnesota. And, yeah, you can see uh, Will Trap. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, he he used to play for at the national level. I don't yeah. think he played in a World Cup, but no, absolutely not. No. <laughs> If hey, if he if he had played, maybe we would have made it to the quarterfinals. I don't know. Oh boy, oh boy. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But yeah, the I mean, wheel trap like, diagonal pass would have saved us all. Absolutely, absolutely. But you had you, you had people that, that weren't normally into soccer get into soccer. Some of my friends, I, I, this was the most I've ever been asked about soccer in my life. Like 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 all of my classmates. I, I remember in like my student groups, like we have an office space. Every time there's a big game, I put it up on my laptop. You have like 10, 15 people like crammed into the office, like watching the game. I'd be asked questions. I was, I was like, I was like, oh, who is that guy? Uh, uh, what, what's offside? What, why is that guy's <laughs> hair red, white, and blue? And I'm like, oh, it's Weston McKenney. You know, he's like, you know, he's he's like, that. he's a vibes guy. As yeah, he's, he's a vibes says. guy. Yeah, <laughs> and, and and that's amazing. And so I think the legacy for this World Cup, when it comes to off the field for the U.S. very specifically, I think it's gonna do a really good job inspiring the next generation i i i think that you have a new generation of fans that are going to be watching local mls teams local usl teams uh choosing teams to watch uh in the premier league stuff like that uh but you also have the next generation of kids who are going to be the next christian pulisic tyler adams brendan aronson's who are going to choose to play soccer because they saw Lionel messi score and win Arge- win a world cup for argentina christian pulisic sacrificing his balls in order to uh, <laughs> uh get the usa to the round of 16 like these are those are moments that i think will live on forever uh in the hearts and minds of the u.s fans that that watched uh, the world cup i think that's beautiful i think so too i think so too Jack, any other thoughts? I know we did want to talk about uh, head coaches getting fired or sacked or, or kept on, uh, but I think we could save that for another time, perhaps. Yeah, uh, I mean, I can tell you that break. most of these coaches, it's a, it's a quick sack for most of these coaches. All right, well, hey, Jack, uh, Roberto Martinez, Belgium, sack. keeper sack. Uh, Luis Enrique, Spain, uh, I mean... Uh, Roberto Martinez already stepped down. Luis Enrique yeah. contracts not being renewed. Is that right, right choice? Yeah, I think it's fair enough. I I I, I think I could see him keep being kept, but fair enough as well. Gareth Southgate, he is uh pretty much confirmed to be staying uh for England. 
Uh, would you keeper sack him? Massive L should be sacked. <laughs> Come on, he he's had he's had his chances. He's yeah. regressed from the last World Cup with better players. Yeah, I mean he doesn't play too defensive anymore. But apparently the he FA, needs to. Apparently, <laughs> apparently the FA doesn't want to hire a foreign coach because they perceive backlash from fans, which is a major L. And also, uh. Nice job diverting your racism. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Great job. Exactly. That wasn't subtle. Tata Martino, Mexico, a contract was not being renewed. Yeah, fair. Yeah, fair. I, I would have done the same thing. He, uh, he last first time. I mean, they broke the round of sixteen curse. Yeah, it's true. Not in the way they wanted, but <laughs> no. you know, whatever. Fernando Santos, Portugal, stepped down. Yeah, he, good. We we've agreed that he holds the team back, but he did make the right decision to bench Ronaldo. So. Yeah, that, that 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 takes that takes some oomph right there. Yeah. Uh, Didier Deschamps, France? Question mark? Question mark? Question mark? Should step down. Should step down? Is it yeah. Maybe. Uh yeah, I think so. I think that's but a good good one. There are a lot of rumors saying that he might stay on until Euro twenty twenty four. He's been there long enough. I I, I want right. to I want to give another guy a chance. I I want to see another guy have a chance. All right. Hansi Flick for Germany confirmed to be staying. Right move, bad move. Yes, right move. Uh, okay. Yeah, sure. They 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 blew it against Japan, but they did well against Spain. Did well against Costa Rica, and he's a good coach, regardless. So, all right, yeah. Uh, going to four more Concacaf. John Herdman, Canada? Question mark? Question mark? Question mark? Keep. Uh, he all got right. them to the World Cup and got them top of Concacaf qualifying. Didn't make it through the group stage, but also looked way better than uh, than Belgium. And, you know, in a in a different world, possibly probably could have made it made it through. It, there's a few. Few things here and there, but he come on, he's, he's a pretty good coach. Yeah. And Jack, the final coach, and I, I'm going to assume is going to be subject for an episode yeah, uh, in the future. <laughs> But and has been subject to so much discussion in America. Greg Berhalter, USA contract uh, is up at the end of 2022. Keep or sack? Oh, obviously keep. No, it's time for him to go. It's time for him to go. I appreciate what he's done getting us back into the World Cup and getting us to the round of 16. But also... Come on, we we can do better. We can do better. I yeah. I believe we can. I mean, at round of sixteen exit. He got us the gold cup, Nations League. We beat Mexico three times in a row. Qualified for the World Cup. Round of sixteen exit. Yes, but he also used the youngest team throughout the tournament. I I do think that he did really well for uh, yeah, for a yeah. lot of things. But I also am like more of a believer in like give coach don't give coaches like unlimited time. I feel like. I feel like there should be like almost term limits like <laughs> for president. All right. All right. I, I feel like there, it, it's, a, it's a good idea to have like some new ideas in there, too, because right. as long as it's not Tab Ramos. Oh, my God. I saw a report today that said that they're looking at Tab Ramos for, for the head coach at that yeah. point. Keeper halter. <laughs> yeah. I, 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 I do like Tab Ramos as I, I thought he I thought he has done a lot of good coaching uh, before the U.S. and whatever. I feel like a certain group of the fan base would actually like that and i don't agree with that necessarily <laughs> corner of u.s soccer yes and there's there's a lot of really cool tournaments on the horizon gold cup nations league we're probably gonna copa go america. to the copa america yeah, probably possibly hosted, be hosted here yeah yeah so i would i would go to that 
Imagine if I, Messi's still playing then. Like I, oh, bro, wow, I, I'd go, go to see Messi play in a couple. Dude, of I, I'm ready to see Chris Richards just just end, Messi. end Messi's career <laughs> at the end of the at the end of the 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 game. I'm officially yeah. retiring from international football. Yeah, basically. Yeah, yeah. A, lot, a lot of question marks there, but I guess that's a a future episode. And Jack, that is it. That is the return of the Final Third podcast. And we went over a lot of what happened in the World Cup, both what happened on the field and, of course, the legacy that the World Cup leaves us, the USA, and everyone across the world. Wow, what an outro. It's pretty good. All right. <laughs> Jack, where can people find us on social media, on the internets? Where, where, where can they find us? Well, you can find us on Twitter at Final Third Show as long as as it doesn't get shut down for whatever reason. Yeah, yeah. and, and uh, if it does, if it does, we'll be elsewhere as well. We'll be on Instagram at Final Third Show as yes. well. Uh, you can follow us on there. We don't use Instagram as much. It's kind of our backup option in case yeah. Elon Musk decides to do an Elon thing, you know. Yeah. Uh, and uh, you can also check out our website, FinalThirdShow.com, for all of our episodes in one place. Yeah. Yeah, and, and that's not going down, uh, no. regardless of what Elon Musk does to the the, the Twitter stock. So it's all right. Yeah. It's all right. <laughs> all right. Yeah, that is it for today's episode. Uh, I'm already forgetting how I usually outro it, uh, but definitely tell a friend about the show. Word of mouth, very important. Uh, tell your dad about the show. He's I'm sure he would it. love to hear about <laughs> it. Uh, we'll see you guys. Uh, eventually soon we, we the both of us are going on vacations we might record just a quick episode i think previewing the return to the premier league after the boxing day fixtures uh sometime whether it's quick whether it's just me whether it's whatever uh see ya bye for now